As we put a bow on this, I want to read Exodus chapter 17. In Exodus chapter 17, there is a name or an attribute that God shows or, or that comes out of this passage and out of this time in Israel's life. It's the first time that we see the name Jehovah Nisi. Jehovah Nisi, or our banner is the Lord. I'm going to read all of the verses. There's two episodes or two different things that are happening in this passage. The first seven verses, Israel finds itself exactly where it often finds itself, complaining to God, complaining that God has brought them out of Egypt and is going to let them die in the wilderness. And so there are some complaints. And then we see in verses 8 through the end of the chapter, 8 through 16, we see that God comes through not only just with water, in those first seven chapters, but he destroys an enemy. So let me read. All the congregation of the people of Israel moved on. They moved on from the wilderness of Sin, or actually Shin, by stages according to the commandment of the Lord, and they camped at Rephidim. But there was no water for the people to drink, and therefore the people quarreled, They argued with Moses and they said, give us water to drink. And Moses said to them, why do you quarrel with me? Why do you test the Lord? But the people thirsted there for water and people grumbled against Moses and said, why did you bring us up out of Egypt to kill us and our children and our livestock with thirst? So Moses cried to the Lord, what shall I do with this people? They are almost ready to stone me. The Lord said to Moses, pass on before the people, taking with you some of the elders of Israel, and catch this, and take in your hand the staff or the rod with which you struck the Nile and go. Behold, I will stand before you there on the rock of Horeb, and you shall strike the rock, and water shall come out of it, and the people will drink. Moses did so in the sight of the elders of Israel, and he called the name of the place Massah and Meribah because of the quarreling of the people of Israel, and because they tested the Lord by saying, is the Lord among us or not? Then Amalek came. He came to Rephidim, where they were. He came and fought with Israel at Rephidim. So Moses said to Joshua, choose for us men and go out and fight against Amalek. Tomorrow I will stand on the top of the hill with the staff of God in my hand. So Joshua did as Moses told him and fought against Amalek. And while Moses, Aaron, and Hur went up to the top of the hill, whenever Moses held up his hand, Israel prevailed. And whenever he lowered his hand, Amalek prevailed. But Moses' hands, they grew weary. So they took a stone and put it under him, and he sat on it, while Aaron and Hur held up his hands, one on one side and the other on the other side. So his hands were steady until the going down of the sun. And Joshua overwhelmed Amalek and this people, excuse me, and his people with the sword. 
Then the Lord said to Moses, write this as a memorial in a book and recite it in the ears of Joshua that I will utterly block out, blot out of the memory of Amalek from under heaven. And Moses built an altar and called the name of the Lord, called the name of it, the Lord is my banner, Jehovah Nisi, saying, a hand upon the throne of the Lord. The Lord will have war with Amalek from generation to generation. The Lord is my or our banner. You and I see banners all the time. Sometimes you and I see a banner and we don't even know that it's a banner, but it is a banner. For the past 10 days or the past two weeks, I have, uh, Paige and the family, kids and I have been in California. We were there for a few days before the rest of the team came out, um, spending some time with my aunt and uncle in uh, Newport Beach. And then we spent the week in Ventura before coming home, coming home on Friday. I saw all kinds of banners out there. The, the first few banners that I saw were down in Newport Beach. Newport Beach is the richest of the rich. Newport Beach is a community in Southern California about... 50 miles south, 45 miles south of Los Angeles. And uh, my aunt and uncle live there. They live in the same neighborhood that Kobe Bryant lives in. You know the people that we were around. I saw a number of banners. We went to a beach there, and there was a banner. This lady was standing under a tent. Now, it wasn't a flag. It It wasn't something that you would think was a banner, but there was a banner. There was a whiteboard and she had written on this whiteboard like the Ten Commandments where we could stand, where we could not touch items in or on the beach. And her banner and the banner of those like her was that they were standing under the banner of the earth or standing under the banner of creation. Now, do I believe that we should respect the resources that we have? Yes, I do. Do I believe that we should be stewards of all that God has given us? Yes, I do. But we should never, I believe, never elevate this passing world, this world that is um, set for destruction to the level of worship. I saw other banners. I saw Ferraris. If I saw one Ferrari, one Maserati, one Bentley, I saw a hundred. They look like, uh, you know, Ford F-250s that we see here, or Ford F-150s, or Chevrolet's Fords. They were everywhere. People who live in the hills of Southern California, where beach towns butt up against each other, are raising high their banners of affluence and financial gains. These symbols, whether 
on their autos or their purses or their clothes or their neighborhoods. They all pointed to themselves and they all were looking at themselves stating that we have arrived. We've made it on our own. And then as we made our way from Newport Beach up to Ventura, I saw another banner. We spent the week in Cabrillo Village. It was not the up and out. It was definitely the down and out. And as we spent day after day, we were there Sunday a week ago and we did some canvassing, saw some men standing in a line all afternoon as we were canvassing the afternoon event that kind of closed out that aspect of our mission trip. There was a huge group of men just standing on the sidelines, and it was their banner. Another banner that they had in that village was a pair of shoes over a power line, which I learned that it was a gang symbol, and that was their banner. It was a gang neighborhood. And nothing went on that that gang did not know about. Nothing will go on that that gang would not allow. It's a banner. This passage speaks to a number of issues for us today. Whose banner are you under? Whose banner are we taking hold of and living our lives through? So let's look at this in Two keys or two points this morning. The first is this. Responding to God's worth in our daily lives, it takes trust. It does. It takes trust. If you and I are going to take up or if we're going to respond to God's worth, we must do so in the manner of trusting Him. Even when the odds are against you, we need to trust the Lord. Do you see what happened with the children of Israel? They did not trust the Lord. What had just happened? Not a month before. If you set it all, if you take Exodus, you take Numbers, Deuteronomy, and, you, you, and, and Leviticus, you put them all together, you see a, a chronological outline of what's going on. This is happening right as they're coming off of the heels of God opening the Red Sea. Sean read about it this morning. We sung about it this morning. He opens the Red Sea. He takes their enemy and drowns them in the sea. And this is coming right off of the heels of that. And they are not trusting God. All the congregation of the people of Israel, they moved on from the wilderness by stages according to the commandment of the Lord. And they camped at Rephidim, but there wasn't water there. And they started quarreling and they started grumbling. They started complaining to Moses, even to the point that he believed that they were about to stone him in verse number 4. And the Lord said to Moses, all right, pass on before the people. When you're passing on before the people, you take that rod that I used there in Egypt and it turned into a snake. It turned in, it blossomed and budded. It, it was there that you held up, and I used from that, through that rod to part the Red Sea. And the people of Israel know what that rod represents. You take that rod and you walk in front of all the people. And then you take that rod and you strike that rock, and I will be with you, and there will be water. So Moses did it. And the people quit complaining. And they quit grumbling. 
And then we see in verse number 8 that there is an enemy. I don't know where you find yourself this morning. Some of you find yourself in a situation in your life where it is easy for you to trust God right now. You can see Him. You can see Him walking right there with you. You can see Him directing. You can hear Him directing you. You can look at His Word and and it is a fresh Word every single time. In the past few weeks or few months that you have looked in the Word, it is spot on and it is speaking to you. He is speaking to you and it is a great time. But some of us here, we're crying out to God and it seems as if He doesn't hear us. Some of us here, we're looking for God and it seems total darkness. Some of us, for the past few weeks, few months, we've been looking at this Bible. We've been looking at His Word and as we read it, we're crying out, literally, physically crying and saying, God, please speak, and there is nothing. There was an opposition that came about against Israel in this passage. In Exodus chapter 17, verse number 8 and following, a man by the name of Amalek was the king. You need to know something about Amalek, and so let's try to put our history hats on, and let's talk about Amalek for just a moment. Amalek was the grandson of Esau. Esau was the son of Isaac, so was Jacob, and Jacob wanted to be first, didn't he? And he would do anything to be first. And what he did is he sold, uh, he, he, he made the stew and Esau was hungry and he sold his birthright, Esau did, his first son status to Jacob for a bowl of bean soup. I don't think it's like not equal birthright bean soup but Esau said all right I'll do it and then not only that he stole the blessing from his father he he put skins on his on his arms and he put on Esau's clothes so he would smell and he would feel like Esau and he went in and his dad Jacob who couldn't see anymore he says you sound like Jacob but you feel and smell like Esau so here is the blessing and he blessed him and from that moment forward there was enmity there was strife there was hatred between Esau and Jacob and all their descendants even to this moment so the grandson of Esau has a line of people called the Amalekites and the Amalekites come out against Israel some 400 years after they have gone into captivity in Egypt as they're making their way back to the promised land. They come out in war. And there was some fear. Who are you going to trust in? Israel? There's some questions on the horizon of their week, on the appointments in their daytimers, on the talks with a doctor, on the talks with a spouse. There is some talks with a boss that are going to take place. And the question 
arises for you and arises for me just as it did with Israel. Who and who are you and I going to trust? The date was February the 23rd, 1945. The place was a, an island in the Pacific that for 4,000 years had been the property of Japan. For 4,000 years, there had never been another flag, another banner raised on that piece of land other than what was and is present day Japan. But on the island of Iwo Jima, Iwo Jima, on February the 23rd, another banner was raised. It's a monument now in Washington that you can go and look at with soldiers pushing a pole, a flagpole, and a banner that was raised. It's actually the second flag that was raised that day, a second American flag that was raised that day because the admiral in charge ordered a group of soldiers to, one, go once again and secure on the rim of that volcano on that island the flag, and then to set up and put up a larger flag so all the island would know who conquered that land. When that flag went up, there were boats surrounding that island. There were masses of fighters on both sides, on the U.S. and also the Japanese. The Japanese soldiers did not want to give up that section of land. And just as much as they didn't want to give up that section of land, there were American soldiers from all the different uh, parts of the service of the military that wanted to conquer that land. And when that flag was raised, there were cheers. It sounded, here's what one author with a number of different eyewitness accounts stated in the book Flags of Our Fathers. An amazing noise rose from the island below and the ships offshore. Thousands of personnel had been watching as the soldiers climbed the volcano's rim. When the small swatch of color was lifted, it was transformed for just a few moments. Infantry cheered, whistled, raised their helmets as if being at Times Square on New Year's Eve. The planting of that flag was the first invader's banner planted on Japanese soil for some 4,000 years in the history of the nation. Whose banner are you under? That day, the raising of that banner for those soldiers and for that battle at also in 1945 and also all the way back in the book of Exodus. Where is your trust? But responding to God's worth not only speaks to trust, but it also speaks to obedience. Responding to God's worth in our daily lives takes obedience amongst God's people. Moses obeyed in verses 1 through 6 when God said to do what he did. And so he walked in front of the people, in front of the elders, and he struck the rock. Obedience also was taken when 
a man by the name of Joshua. The first time we see his name, the first time we hear about this man, he was the general on the ground, so to speak, for all of the children of Israel's army. And he obeyed Moses' command. He chose men to go out and fight against the Amalekites. And as he would go up on the hill, Moses would go up on the hill when the Israelites were fighting, they would look at Moses and the staff that's in his hand. And as he held that high, the children of Israel prevailed. As it was heavy and it dropped, the Amalekites prevailed. But there was obedience that was needed. Joshua, we're going to spend some time in the coming weeks and we're going to walk through the book of Joshua through the fall. But there's also a couple of other allies that Moses had. He had his brother, Aaron. He was the spokesman for Moses in Egypt. When Moses said he had a stuttering problem, God said, all right, take Aaron. And so Aaron goes and he talks to Pharaoh. Whatever God says to Moses, Moses tells Aaron. Aaron tells Pharaoh. Whatever God says to Moses, Moses tells Aaron and he tells the children of Israel. didn't work so well once they got in the wilderness because Aaron led them away while Moses was up on the mountain getting the Ten Commandments. But he is his brother and his trusted ally. Then there's this other man by the name of Hur, H-U-R. We don't know much about him, but here's what we do know. We do know that he was married to Miriam, who is Moses' sister, and so he is Moses' brother-in-law, and he was by his side here, He is a uh, confidant, he is a friend, an ally, and he is a helper of Moses and all the children of Israel. And what did they do? They saw the same thing that you and I just looked at in the Word. When the staff was raised high, when his hands were raised high, Israel prevailed. When it fell because of its weight and him growing weary and tired, the Amalekites prevailed. So they said, all right, Moses, here's a stone, sit on it. And Aaron got on one side and Hur got on the other side and they just kept his hand raised, kept the staff up so that until the day was over, the Israelites prevailed against the Amalekites. You say, Brian, that's all a great story. Let's try to apply it the last couple of minutes this morning. Where's your trust? Because where you and I trust, that's where obedience goes. Jehovah Nisi, the Lord is my banner. The question for you and the question for me this morning is, what banner are you standing under? There are a number of banners that we in Hernando, we in North Mississippi, we in this southern culture stand under. The question is, which one are you standing under? A couple of weeks ago, I was reading in my quiet time the book of Numbers, and I got to chapter 21, and it's, it's a weird chapter. It's a neat chapter if you like poisonous snakes. 
Most of us don't. But the children of Israel found themselves complaining against God again, and he got tired of it, and he said, all right, here's what's going to happen. I'm just going to send some fiery serpents your way. And he did. He sent them by the droves. And they got bit. Imagine that. If you're around a poisonous snake, guess what? You're going to get bit. And people died. And they cried out to Moses saying, please go back to the Lord. Whatever he wants us to do, we'll do. Just give us some relief. What is it? And so in chapter 21, verse 4, chapter 21, verse 8, God says to Moses, all right, here's what's going to happen. You're going to erect a banner. A banner. Nisi. It's the same word. You're going to lift high this banner. It's going to be a pole, and on that pole is going to have a bronze serpent on it. And anybody that gets bit by a fiery serpent, if they would look to that banner, they'll be saved. Guess what Moses did? Put a pole, covered it in bronze. Put a snake, covered it in bronze. Made a snake, put a put bronze over it, and he dug a hole, stuck it in the hole, and it stood. And anybody that was bit looked to that serpent, looked to that banner, and they were saved. Jesus Christ is the only banner, the only banner that you and I can look upon that brings salvation. There are tons of other banners. I looked at a banner yesterday for way too long. It was a television screen. Maybe that's where some of us are looking to. Maybe it's wealth. Maybe it's false gods in September. Uh, even now I'm preparing to, to go visit Levi and Lindsay and just uh, hopefully be a uh, breath of fresh air and a cup of cool water for them and just love on them from you. Um, have the opportunity to go and share the gospel in India and uh, go with him to see some of the churches some of the hundred plus churches that they've planted in the last year, year and a half, and uh, just meet with brothers and sisters there in September. And I was thinking about that. I was thinking about the 300 million false gods that the Hindus bow down to, that their banner is over. Gods for gnats, gods for flowers, gods for everything, from monkeys to trees, creation, Everything that they're placing their trust in. Some of us are flying the banner of family. We're flying the banner of self. We're flying the banner of our health, this world, pleasures, jobs, plans, vacations, etc. What is the banner that you're under? Who or what are you looking to God brought a victory that day under himself as the banner Jehovah Nisi over the Amalekites and he wants to bring a victory in your life 
I think in this area, and I think for the most part, for us, we would say that we fly the banner for our eternity, for our eternity, we are trusting in and we are believing in and we are obeying that Jesus is Savior and Lord and we're trusting that He's going to save us for eternity. But you know that sin that is gripping you? That sin that you just can't shake, that you can't get off of, that temptation that is just coming at you. He wants to be Savior and Lord of that too, and He wants to bring victory of that. Will you stand there under that same banner for victory today? Your enemy is His enemy. Your enemy is not a family member who is running opposite of all that you think is good and you think they're just crazy or dumb. It's not your boss who in your mind has lost his or her mind. It's not some other nationality or religion. It's not our kids. It's not the bills. It's not the health or lack thereof. It's not our finances. It's not different opportunities that we might have missed or we had the opportunity to grab a hold of. Our enemy is... Satan. Paul wrote about it in Ephesians chapter 6 and he stated that your enemy, Ephesus church, River Bend church, your enemy, my enemy is the power, spiritual forces in the heavenlies that are waging war against you. When you're tempted to say things that shouldn't come out of your mouth, Rest in Christ. Funny story, and I close. Part of our time in California, we uh, spent a day in L.A., a day on a tour for us to see all the sights. Can't you see the joy on my face that I went through it? So I found myself um, in front of the Chinese theater looking at all the stars some of you have been there you've all seen it the the most crowded area was that of Michael Jackson and I just wanted to kick some people and tell them to get up out of my way but as we're walking up and down that street crowded street I love crowds a gentleman tried to give me a cd a gentleman of a darker hue than I am tried to give me a cd and I said no thank you and he said, no, here's a CD. I said, no, thank you. He said, what is it? I'm black? I said, no, thank you. I wanted to say a couple of other things. He wanted me to say a couple of other things. And it wasn't just me that he said that to, because right after that he said it to somebody else who was of lighter hue than him, who was not in our group. He wanted to fight. An argument. Maybe you come up against some of those people who they want to say something just to get a rise out of you. How are you going to respond this week? It's coming Tuesday, maybe. Wednesday. I, I don't know when. But what banner are you going to rely on? 
when you and I are tempted to say things that shouldn't come out of our mouths, we need to rest in Christ. When we're tempted to look at things on a TV show, a Netflix movie, an internet site, you and I need to look to Jesus. When you and I have anger swelling up in us, are we our resentment for where we are in life, like the Israelites did at Rephidim. Remember that God is our banner and He is our provider for daily needs. Just like He was for them. Rest under His banner. Lift His name up. And see Him provide. Father, I bow before You. God, I know that, Lord, we, we hurt Father, we hurt for a number of reasons today. We hurt because relationships have been broken. Father, we hurt because actions that we have done, actions that we haven't done. Father, we hurt because we have grieved you. Just as David stated, ultimately, Father, I have sinned against you and you alone have I sinned. God, I pray that in this time that we would run to the banner, Jehovah Nisi. That's where we would rest. Father, we would throw away all those other banners that we've been lifting high and championing for the only banner that is worthy. God, as we sing, just a moment, would we respond to you? For you're the only one that is worthy of praise. Father, I know that what happened in Exodus chapter 17 was some 4,000 years ago. God, sometimes it's hard for us to relate to what happened there, to what's going on today. Father, would you make it crystal clear in our hearts and in our lives that we would see the example of the Israelites. Father, we would quit murmuring where you have us right now. We would quit complaining, saying that you have just brought us here and you're going to leave us when we're your son, we're your daughter. God, you loved us so much that you gave us your son, Jesus, for all eternity to have a right relationship with you and you haven't forgotten about us. Father, some of us here believe that, that you have. Lord, would you come and gird us with your love? God, just wrap your arms around us today. Father, would we look to you, the King of all kings and the Lord of all lords, and see that your banner, Jehovah Nisi, is what we need you're here today and you believe you need to come and just pray at the front the altar is always open if you want me to pray with you some of the things that you're going through this moment in your life these circumstances I'll be more than happy to pray for you with you but the invitation for you for us to respond is this If there's sin in your life, 
If there's a banner that you've been lifting up. Why don't you just come back to him? God, you use this time for your glory as we stand and as we sing. Amen.